You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hey guys, today we come to Luke chapter 24, the last chapter in the epic finale to this beautiful gospel that Luke has written for us. And uh, we're going to see how Luke ends his gospel and points us into the sequel he wrote, the book of Acts, as the continuation. So we're going to see the gospel's ending with with Jesus's resurrection and ascension becomes the church's beginning with its worship and witness. So let's let's just dive into a couple of points in this chapter. Luke has very finely crafted this ending um, in light of the entire gospel, and I want to point that out to y'all with just four points. Number one, we've got Jesus's resurrection. Number two, his ascension. Uh, number three, Luke um, alone gives us this long uh, and very powerful resurrection appearance to these two disciples going on the road to Emmaus. So only Luke has this detailed story. So this is a resurrection appearance as number three. And then number four, uh, our response. What is our response uh, when we see and understand uh, the gospel and we experiences, experience the resurrected and ascended Christ appearing to us? What is our response? So we've got four points. This chapter is mainly about the resurrection and the ascension of Christ. But then Luke weaves into this um, our experience of being met, met on the road of our life, going away from Jerusalem, away from the center of God's explosive move out of Jerusalem. He meets us, calls us, appears to us. So there's a resurrection appearance. And number four, what does our response look like after that appearance? Okay, so let me just remind you that the Gospels present us with five major uh, narrative plot points related to the historical process of Christ. That is the incarnation, the human living, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Christ, of Jesus Christ. This is the major plot points of the Gospels. It's the story of Jesus. It really comes down to five major uh, narrative plot points, incarnation, human living, death, resurrection, and ascension. And in this chapter, we have the last two major plot points that make up um, you know, the main things about what we believe about the person and work of Christ, that he has been raised from the dead and he's reigning from heaven. Okay, so what does the resurrection mean? Well, look at verse five. The uh, The women go to the tomb. They see an angel. They're frightened. And I love I love what the angel says. And again, only Luke puts it quite like this. He says, why are you seeking the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has been raised. So I love in verse five, why are you seeking the living one? In resurrection, Jesus is alive. He's the living one. And when we fast forward into Acts and in the epistles, we find out what this really means is two things. Number one, as the living one, Jesus, this 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 resurrected man, he's still a man, he's still human, as this chapter shows us, he has not put off his humanity. He appears to them with a body of flesh and bones in verse 39. He even eats a piece of broiled fish in verse 42 
nobody knows what happened to that fish, uh, if it was digested or what. But Jesus is fully man in resurrected, but he is, um, you know, capital L, the living one. He's not just alive. He is the living one, the resurrected uh, life. Um, and his human person has been brought into the fullness of that divine life. And his humanity is permeated with life. And his humanity can be made available to us through receiving the divine life. And what that makes us, as we are going to see in the book of Acts, is the body of Christ. He's not only living um, by himself, he's living within us and through us. And so a famous verse is Acts 9-4. Paul is persecuting this new um, religious sect and offshoot of Judaism, these Christians, these followers of Jesus. And the resurrected Christ appears to him from the heavens and says, why are you persecuting me? And that me is Jesus's followers, which means Jesus is now living in his believers as the body of Christ. And as the living one, Acts 16, 7, it gives us another indication of what that means is that he is alive and living in us and able to move and direct and speak to us. And we, we, can, can, we can experience continually his ongoing presence and life and move. And so that, that verse says Paul and his um, companions are, are spreading the gospel for the kingdom of God. And it says, quite strikingly, the spirit of Jesus directs them how to go. The spirit of Jesus. So the first century disciples continue to experience the ongoing uh, person of Christ in the spirit. So he's the living one. He's the resurrected living Christ as our life making us the body of Christ and, and enabling us to continue to experience his ongoing, his ongoing presence. Okay, number two, this chapter ends with his resurrection. Verse 51 says, he leads them out to Bethany. He lifts up his hands to bless them. And it says, while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. So this verse is talking about the ascension. Um, and the ascension means he's reigning. His resurrection means he's living. His ascension means he's reigning. And he's living in the body of Christ. And he's reigning for the kingdom of God. So the ascension is about Jesus' reign uh, at the right hand of God in the heavens. And, and his reign is for the bringing forth of the kingdom of God. And what the ascension means is Jesus is Lord. Back in Luke 22, the Lord had told the uh, the Sanhedrins and the El Sanhedrin and the elders of Israel, um, verse 69 of Luke 22, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power of God. So Jesus' ascension is his inauguration to the throne, and he's reigning there for the sake of the bringing forth of the kingdom of God on earth. And that means he's our Lord. So when we fast forward to Acts, the sequel, we find out that the, the disciples and followers of Jesus are spreading the kingdom. And Acts 10, 36 says, this one is Lord of all. So Jesus' ascension is not his absence from time and space. It's his sovereign presence over all time and space. Jesus is Lord of all, that means of everything and of everywhere 
and of every person. And he is reigning and ruling and administrating through his church to bring in the kingdom. Okay. Now, the probably to me, the most amazing part of this chapter, Luke 24, is this resurrection appearance. And it's such a famous story. So, um, and it's detailed, so we, we can't spend a lot of time on it. But basically, these guys are sad. Their expectations were uh, not met with who Jesus was. Seems like everything blew up in their their hopes and their dreams for what Jesus was going to do. Jesus appears to them and begins talking to them. And basically, three things happen. Three openings happen. Um, verse 32, it says, he opened the scriptures to them. Verse 45, it says, he opened their mind to understand the scriptures. And verse 31, it says, and their eyes were opened and they recognized him. So Jesus appears to them, and basically what he does is he opens up the scriptures and shows them how all of the Old Testament, all three parts of the Old Testament, pointed to the person and work of Christ. And his life, death, and resurrection has fulfilled them. And so what this is saying is the Old Testament is about Christ. When we read the Bible, we need to put on our Christ goggles and look for where Christ is in the Old Testament, prophesied and typified in his personal work. And when we when when the Lord does this, he appears to us in the word today, the result is our eyes are opened. And then in verse 32, I love this, it says, our heart is burning within us while he speaks to us the scriptures. Our heart burns within us. So our experience is the resurrected and ascended Christ appears to us today in the word. And we need to open the word and pray, Lord, open my mind to understand the scriptures and how you're prophesied and typified in the word. And the response on our side will be what we'll experience is our eyes will be open to see Christ afresh and our heart will begin to burn within us. And again, that is the experience of what the Lord talked about in Luke 12, 49. I came to cast fire on the earth. That fire is the burning of his divine life. And that fire burns within our heart, within our loves, within our desires. And what that does is in verse 33, it says, they rose up in that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and got into God's move. And when the book of Acts opens in Acts chapter two, verse three, the spirits poured out and the fire burns again and there's tongues of fire. See that? The fire burns within our heart. We come into participation of God's move and we begin to speak and proclaim what we've seen and heard and experienced of Christ with tongues of fire. The fire of the divine life burns in our heart and then burns through our words with our with these tongues of fire for the advance of the gospel and the kingdom of God. It's so, so awesome. But what this is saying is revelation is what brings us into participation of the divine move. It's when we see and experience Christ in the word and our heart burns within us that we move into participation uh, in God's move for the kingdom of God. Okay, lastly, Luke ends with our response. What should our response be? Well, we've already started to indicate that, but two verses really put a point on it, and that is verse 52 and 48. And the two words of our response is worship 
and witness. Verse 52 says, and they worshiped him. Think about that. They're worshiping this, this man. They're worshiping Jesus. And Luke chapter four had Jesus himself told us, you only are supposed to worship God alone in the temptation in the wilderness. So they're worshiping Jesus as God, as the God man. And verse 48 says, you are witnesses of these things and we need to proclaim repentance for forgiveness of sin. So our response is to worship Jesus for who he really is. He's Lord of all. He's God in the flesh. And we witness that to others. And what that looks like is we proclaim forgiveness of sins is now available in his name to everyone. And this forms a beautiful um, second bracket closure of the gospel because if you remember all the way back in chapter 1, Luke one seventy seven said that the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins is now going to be made known. And Luke 24.47 rounds that out by saying the disciples are going to all the nations to proclaim repentance for forgiveness of sins. And then lastly, Luke again ends us with another beautifully crafted um, conclusion to the gospel. Remember back in chapter one, the gospel opened with Zechariah in the temple. And Luke ends that by bringing us back into the temple. Verse 53, they were continually in the temple blessing God. But now what we have in that temple is a radically new species on earth, the body of Christ in the temple, praising the God man Jesus for what he for who he is and what he's done. And Luke's going to continue that in the book of Acts and show how God's move for the kingdom of God explodes out of the temple and even in a sense explodes the temple because there's a new temple, the church, the body of Christ in which the kingdom of God is coming. So praise the Lord for the for the gospel of Luke, for Luke 24, the resurrection of Christ, the ascension of Christ and his appearing to us through the word today to bring us into participation in his move. And we participate by responding to who he is and what he's done with our worship and our witness. Amen.